0: Welcome to the Voice Now Heard. My name is Jana Young, and this podcast is my story of how a knock on a door of my life and was the beginning to uncovering layers of secrets and lies. As I process the hurt and betrayal, I want to share what can be learned from looking at life through a different lens. I'm speaking up to reclaim my power and encourage others in difficult situations. I hope you enjoy. and welcome to episode five. The title of today's episode is Thanks for Being a Friend. And today I have my friend Amy here with me. And Amy and I have been friends for about 17 years. Holy moly. It's a long time when I was putting together how long it was. And Amy was there after the knock on the door, the conversation with the hoe, (laughs) my first conversation with the bastard a few days later and all through the holidays and divorce. And as we've had conversations, Amy thought it would be important to share how to be a friend and support someone who is going through a difficult time.
1: Yeah, there's no like information out there on Google on how to help a friend going through this when their husband has been having such a long affair. (laughs) I Googled it, I tried.
0: It wasn't just a simple, short affair. Yeah, no. There were layers and layers that just kept yeah being yeah. uncovered. There's no, like, to-do list out there. <laughs> <laughs> and this title was chosen as a tribute to the bastard's Love of the Golden Girls. So thanks for being a friend. <laughs> to start, Amy has been part of my life for my whole 12-year relationship with the bastard and when I think back I was planning to go away for a wedding and was just going to find a dress somewhere and Amy said that everyone needs to go wedding dress shopping. You have to
1: observe. There are certain things you have to observe
0: when you get married.
1: They're traditions. Yes. Finding a wedding dress with your friends is one of those. Or at least that was my thought.
0: Yes, so Amy planned that and planned my bachelorette party, and those were all very special to me that she made sure I had those traditions. Yeah,
1: and the chicken limo broke down. (laughs) I forgot about the chicken limo. Yeah, we went to a casino, and the chicken limo broke down. And then she dropped you guys off in the, like, uh, employee entrance.
0: Yes, I have always (laughs) had a thing for the chicken limo. I've always found it. Quite hilarious. And so Amy reserved that for my bachelorette party. Yeah,
1: except I reserved the broken down chicken limo. (laughs) (laughs) It was not my finest moment.
0: (laughs) Yes, And we also both started online dating at the same time Mm, and met our husbands at the same time. We did. We were both going to take a break. Yeah. And they were both
1: our last emails before we were going to take a break from online dating Mm
0: -hmm. and just
1: hang out together instead.
0: And one turned out well and one not so well. (sighs) Husbands. (laughs) And since this has all happened... I have been told about an email that Amy sent to the bastard before we were married. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure.
1: Um, When you guys were dating and you were talking about getting married, but he hadn't officially asked you yet. That was before he had officially asked you. And so I sent him an email at his place of employment and said, you know, hey, we haven't really met, but I'm Jana's friend, Amy, and I really think it's important that you officially propose to her because, again, there are certain observances that I think, even if you're not doing the traditional route, there are certain things that you want to be able to tell people, and one of those is the engagement story, and so I, I told him that he needed to actually get down on one knee and propose to you and I also told him that if he ever hurt you that there would be hell to pay cuz I'm really strong with a baseball bat and I actually said that in the email you did and I'm pretty sure he was probably afraid the first couple of days after you found out cuz you know he I,
0: you know he knew that I knew Right, and I just found out about it within the last few months. I never even knew that had happened. Yeah,
1: I wasn't going to ever tell you that. <laughs> our other friend told her. Uh,
0: and also, you were my friend who probably hung out with him the most, even though it wasn't too many times. Yeah. What do you think, what were your impressions when he and I would hang out with you for our...
1: Um, I just thought he was really introverted. Um, he didn't really attempt to make any kind of conversations Um, he would laugh at my conversations but he never like seemed interested in maintaining that or coming back with stuff or trying to carry on a conversation and he was really awkward about it and so I just tried to make him feel welcome and you know tried to be supportive Um, I will say that my husband and I had this conversation about how he had really leveled up with you and that you were way out of his league. And so many things coming to light. (laughs) And he, he like, and I can remember saying to my husband, I can't believe that he does what he does for a living because he doesn't, it was like, trying to talk to a wet washcloth, you know, there was nothing coming out of him and his job requires him to schmooze people. So I felt that was really strange. It was like a really weird thing. It it was a real weird dichotomy. It was like two different things. And I just thought that was strange.
0: And I've been thinking as well, because you were my only friend that met him, and I don't know why he wanted to join me in doing things that us, we did yeah. together and not other friends.
1: Well, but you make it sound like we did hung out all the time, and it
0: was probably, like, four times the entire, entire time. <laughs> Compared <laughs> to any that. of my other friends, he was like, do, <laughs> you, I, do you really even have a husband?
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is that I, I think we need to point out is that he was also very encouraging of your friend our friendship and which is unusual for someone with his you know issues you right know, usually they try to isolate you from your friends
0: do you think because he got the email he was wanted to stay on your good side somehow Probably. he
1: yeah. was scared it's, of you i was
0: medi- mildly threatening <laughs> it's like, i gotta keep this one on my good side <laughs> Also, I want to talk about this situation a little bit. Amy is the friend who I probably told the most about things as they happened. And over a year ago, I had a friend who I had met as accountability partners in a fitness program. Mm -hmm. We texted regularly and talked every once in a while. And I think I had texted her about a crazy story and how he had been gone so much. And she actually reached out to me and called me and said she had talked to someone in the same profession as the bastard and asked me if I thought he could possibly be having an affair. And I remember the last episode we talked about having hard conversations with friends, and this friend was just so kind and thoughtful and gentle in how she presented it to me, Mm -hmm. and it caught me really off guard. I remember thinking, no way, no way in hell, no way. And I remember calling Amy after that you remember that call and what was going through your mind then
1: I, I vividly remember it
0: because you were like this
1: is what she said and I don't think that's right what do you think and I actually laughed at that entire conversation because I thought it sounded ridiculous just because Cheaty McCheaters, Cheater McCheaterson. that's what we call him. That's what I call him. He is an average, kind of quiet, introverted, not very personable person. He is not the charming man about town <laughs> that you would expect from that. So, to me, the whole thing sounded just...
0: And I also remember you saying, like, he cares so much about you, he would never do that. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, I just
1: did not see that at all. Like, that was, to me, just, it just was absolutely ridiculous. Now, I think I said that there might be something else going on, you know, with his mental health or whatever, but I didn't, I didn't see cheating being the issue. hmm
0: And I actually asked him about it after I talked to that friend, like kind of lightly, like, guess what my friend mentioned? And this crazy idea that maybe you're having an affair. And he was like, I'm not having an affair. And I remember trying to justify it, like, well, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that. Like, I think anyone in this situation who had their partner who was gone so much might think there may be something else going on. Right. But I just let it go with, him saying no and I didn't really address the underlying issue which was probably that he was gone more and more and that I wanted more time with him I just kind of let it another thing I kind of let go and didn't ruffle you, the
1: feathers do you think you were ready though for that answer is that something you could have dealt with at the time
0: I don't know but I do wonder why he didn't answer honestly well as that's coming out of my mouth, I realize, wow. because he has trouble with honesty. he hasn't
1: told anyone the truth in 20 years. So,
0: <laughs> But part of me, looking back, was like that was an out he could have taken at the yeah. time and gone to be with his other two women. And- well, that's because
1: I think, and Jana yeah. and I have talked about this quite extensively, but I honestly believe, and I am not a mental health person, I don't have any degrees in mental health, but I think he really enjoyed the game of it all, and so anytime that you asked him questions like that, I always felt like he really enjoyed that. It was like the game was getting good, you know, and I don't, he would never have told you the truth. You will never get the truth out of him. Mm -hmm. Everything out of his mouth has been a lie from the very beginning.
0: That makes me think, too, about you were one of the few people I told about the mental health stay. And that was kind of the same thing. I, w- I don't think I was ready to face it. Like, there were all these red flags. And I remember talking to you, and we debated even going up to the facility. She was like, do you want me to get in my car and work? We can go up there now. I was, I was like, driving past your house. I was like, I can come get you. I'm right here. <laughs> but something in me just, I think, wasn't ready to face What if I went there and his car wasn't there? And I'm sure I probably wouldn't have even been able to catch him. I'm sure I would have called him and he would say, oh, we parked somewhere else. And I'd say, I'm going inside. Oh, well, there's no visitors. I'm sure he would have found a way.
1: Well, and two, the other thing is, and it has to be said, um, I did not in a million years think that he was cheating. So I encourage Jana much to my idiocracy because I'm an idiot, but I encourage her to you know be supportive of her husband. He was in a mental health stay. you know your job now is to be supportive of him. But the things that he was t- saying to you from people who have worked in a crisis situation where you go impatient were not making sense. And you have a better understanding of that than even I do. And you question that. You question that and question that with me. Um, And you were very, like, um, you were very knowledgeable in what that is required. And you said it. You kept saying it didn't make sense. It didn't make
0: sense. And I remember questioning him as well. But I got to the point where, like, he got really upset and then I was like well now he's in this facility and now I just need to let these questions go for now and just support him he's going through a really hard time and I just kind of let it go yeah but look back you always like let it go
1: it was you always did that that was always your response and he manipulated that out of you because of what you do for a living and because of how
0: understanding and caring and kind and he weaponized that
1: to you I think
0: Yes, and this is one of the things – I'll probably talk in more detail in another episode about it, but this was probably one of the most, like, fucked up things I think that he did to yeah. use what I do for a living against me. Yes. Knowing yes. every the ins and outs of all of that, but also it was horrible to go through thinking he was suffering and struggling and yeah. was in this facility, and in my mind I'm thinking of these facilities where I've worked and yeah. the environment that he's in. And how that would probably not be good with his personality. And it just was a horrible time for me. Uh, And I can
1: remember thinking, okay, what, I just need to support her through this. (laughs) Like, I need to just, and I think I said to you, you lift him up and I'll lift you up. Because you were so upset and so worried about him. And it was such a huge deal for you. And as soon as I got home, I was telling my husband, again, my husband is absolutely hilarious and I was telling him about what was going on and he was like, even he was like and he has nothing to do with the mental health field and even he was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, that it could be, it could be, but
0: And I think I just was really embarrassed and ashamed. Like I didn't tell many people that was going on well, <clears throat> I think that,
1: you know, that stigma of an inpatient stay mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, that's a big deal. And you want, you don't want people to know that someone you love and care about is struggling to the point where you're worried that he's going to harm himself. Right. And, and that's what he was. He was going to harm himself and that's why he was going to inpatient and You know, that was a big, scary thing. Mm
0: -hmm. It was all a big lie. And it
1: was all a lie. The
0: gall of that makes me so angry for you. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So we can fast forward a little to (laughs) December 18th, 2021. The day of the knock on the door and the Mm -hmm. apocal event. And Amy and her husband came over after knock on the door I called and told her what was going on and she was like I'm on my way up and I know you mentioned a few minutes ago about one of the names for him is cheater Mccheaterson you want to share what you call the hoe
1: Um, my husband coined the term (laughs) faticus now I say that and it has nothing to do with body positivity I am a plus-size woman I am (laughs) not thin by any means Um, but, um, Jana showed a picture of the hoe to my husband and and the poor, unfortunate woman has the worst, like, bangs. They're (laughs) like, they're like those Roman bangs, you know, the real short (laughs) ones. And so that's why my husband, God love him, coined the term faticus. Like, you know, like Roman Faticus.
0: <laughs> yes, so when you hear that name throughout, that's who we are referring to, if that term is used. And we wanted to go back through that time and just talk through some ideas for people, like hopefully no one will be going through a situation to the extent that I was going through. But we know people have friends who go through difficult situations. Some of these are specific to my situation, but we're just kind of going to go through and talk through... Point by point, different ideas. (laughs) So, the first one here, Amy had do not leave them alone for the first 48 to 72 hours and take turns with family and friends.
1: So, I say that because I did not do that. Um, When you called, I was actually on my way to the city. I live way out in the country, and I was on my way to the city to see another friend, cause it was Christmas for a Christmas get together. And so I did, uh, I sleep with a CPAP and I have to have all this like medical stuff. And I did not have any of that with me. And for me, that is the biggest problem that I did not do and should have done was to not leave you even though i left late and came early the next morning i should have not left you alone that night i should have just at least been there there would have been another person in the house it would have been a safety thing i just it was it was would be a good idea to have someone there around the clock you were in shock (laughs) and that you you needed someone just person to be there and I wasn't so that's one of the biggest I kicked myself
0: for that which I do not hold against you at all because <gasps> Amy you. was there the next <laughs> morning and a lot of time throughout the next week so I made it through I didn't sleep much but I had my cats we hung out and just tried to well and figure even, out what the hell was happening and even now
1: like what is this, it's July, so it's been, what, six months? And even now, like, we still text each other for saying, like, you're the first person I text or get text from in the morning, and the last person I text and get text from in the night. So, and we were furiously doing that, regardless of, you know, anything else that was going on. We'd check in with each other right away, and um, that was really helpful to me as a friend to know that, okay, she's still she's up, she's at it. I'm going <laughs> in. <Yeah.
0: laughs> and these two are specific to my situation. Um, one is load up on garbage bags. <laughs> the next morning, Amy arrived with garbage bags because I had said something the night before about I just wanted the bastard stuff out of my sight because it was making me sick to my stomach. And so she loaded up everything in the garbage bags and put it in the garage
1: yeah and another helpful hint about that is to not get the scented ones <laughs> they were so they smelled so bad i forgot about that yeah yeah and that was not a good decision on my part i think i i,
0: I think just, that was all there was yeah i just option. grabbed
1: whatever they had at the dollar general yeah. and that was all they had
0: the next one, make sure their basic needs are met. Make sure they're eating, resting.
1: Oh, man. I was worried about that with you because you were not eating at all. And you were sick to your stomach because you were in shock. And I was like, you know, I would, again, I'm a plus-size woman. So I was like, I need to eat. Let's go get <laughs> something to eat. Um, and I, I – I used that also to get you out of the house as well because I live way out in the boonies, so I don't get to go out to eat as much. So it was one of those things where I was just like, "We've gotta, we've gotta go get something to eat." So yeah. but that was that scared me when you weren't eating. That that really worried me. That I was worried about you.
0: So when expressed that it's not their fault, blame is never helpful, which I definitely felt your support and not judged by anything that had happened, like you probably should have caught this somewhere along the way, or these are things you could have done. Oh, my goodness. Amy did a great job of reassuring me that. It is not your fault, ever. It is not your fault. You
1: were blindsided by a bastard. He manipulated you and weaponized your kindness. No, I'm gonna say it again. It's not your fault.
0: Amy still says it to me.
1: <laughs> I try to, to say that at least once a week even now because I think they need to hear it. You need to hear it. That was one of the first things I think I said to you was this is not your fault because there was nothing you could have done differently ever other than not met him that would have changed a course of action that right was ha- happened. like there's nothing you could have done you did everything right you were the wonderful wife that supported him through all of his like craziness yeah so it, and it needed to be reiterated that it was not your fault.
0: Yeah. another one is make sure they get out of the house i remember <laughs> one time amy came and said just get in the car we're leaving And we went to a Christmas festival where there were lights, and we saw Krampus, and we were waiting in line, (laughs) and the guy letting people in told us that we needed to have fun, F-U-N, fun. Yeah, but he said it like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) F-U-N, and it just, like, hit us, you know, there's all this happiness and all these great lights, and... You can go see all these wonderful, you can go see Santa and how great it is. And we bypassed all of that and we went and got in line for Krampus. And it was so great because this guy was just like, F you. And and we kept kept saying that all night. And we did drive through Christmas lights and um, it wasn't something like, where we could go and do something, you know. Mm -hmm. It was something where we could still see the lights, but also, you know, we could talk about what was still going on and, you
0: know. Another thing I really appreciated on Christmas Eve, that was a really hard time for me because we would go spend it with his family, was our tradition, and Amy invited me with her family and welcomed me in, even though I was a hot mess. And told me we're going to start new traditions, and... That's right. I actually got myself out of the house in there, because I was afraid she'd come and hurt me if I didn't. Yeah,
1: I was like, (laughs) if you don't come, I'm coming to get you. I'm
0: sending Luke, that's my son,
1: to come and get you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one made me chuckle on the list. Amy has, just be there, take a book, do a crossword, (laughs) watch HGTV... (laughs) which I love HGTV, but she hadn't seen it for a long time and thought it was amusing that we were just sitting there watching these, like,
1: I don't know, rehabbers. And some of the stuff they were doing was really ugly. And and it was just, you know, just a person to be there and to listen when ideas come up or when you need to run through stuff because stuff comes up randomly. Another one was um, getting your locks changed. I mean, that had to be done right away. And that was one of
0: the things that, you know, it was
1: like, oh, yeah, you need to do that. Call your landlord.
0: (laughs) Here I am changing my locks, and here the hoe is like, he doesn't have to leave. He can come back over and stay with me. (laughs) She's in the Poor thing. Differing approaches to the situation, I guess. Also, this is a huge one. Just being there and having conversations with others and allowing to process. Yeah. I remember my first conversation with the bastard a few days later. He had, oh, I had texted him, I think, to ask for an address for the attorney. And he gave me the hose address because from the night he left our house, he He went like,
1: it's over here where you were at the other day.
0: (laughs) So he left that night and went to live with her afterwards. So that was the address he gave me. And he had texted me something like, let me know what you need for the divorce. And I asked him to talk. And, of course, I had him on speaker and Amy was listening in. And when things went a little south and started getting emotional, Amy was like, cut it off, just stick with the the facts and the conversation now.
1: Well, he started doing that manipulation, that, crying fake crying manipulation and I was like nope nope cut it off <laughs> and it was so great cuz it was done without like us talking we just would look at each other and she'd look at me and I'd look at her and be like no and yeah. I did the like choking like the cut your throat motion like cut it out
0: yeah. <laughs> I remember I did ask him who who Trey, the third woman, was, and he said, it's someone from the past, not current. I stay in touch with her. And I asked about if one (laughs) of our... Well, that's
1: not a lie. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) One truth.
0: I asked if our cat, Smokey, was connected to her in any way and where Smokey came Uh from, and... Cause the story I thought about about Smokey was a little strange and he told me it did not directly come from Trey, which I found out it did. Smokey did live with lie, Trey. Lie number 4,792. <laughs> yeah, I think I asked about the condo. I said something about the host and no one Wait, at work knew about me. Hold on. We got to talk about the condo for a minute. What do we have to talk about? The condo? We need
1: to talk about how that first night when he found out about Fatticus and we questioned whether the condo, he still had the condo and was using that still to like meet women and stuff. And so we went over to the condo and we sat in the parking lot with the lights on in the condo. And someone lived there. And someone lived there, but it wasn't, it, and we couldn't figure out And after a while,
0: Amy's husband was in the backseat and was like, guys, this is getting a little creepy. I think we need to go. Yeah,
1: he's this voice, for once, he was a voice of reason. Yeah, the condo, not my finest moment. Uh, Well, we didn't (laughs) knock on the door or anything. Well, that's a miracle. I was going around that day. We would have found some interesting information out, though, if we had. But it was really late at night, and it was kind of weird, so.
0: We didn't want to risk Call to the police or something, you know. So we just sat there in my
1: car staring at this window. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. So next on the list, this is also specific to me, take the wedding dress. (laughs) So this transitions into talking about the day the bastard and his dad came to get his stuff. It was probably like mid-January maybe. And he told me he was going to put most of his stuff in storage, except his like sports memorabilia. And that is the first I had seen him since December mm. 18.
1: Yeah, he, he started call, should have started calling him Fatigus.
0: He gained a lot of weight since the last time I had seen him. So he shows up with his humongous elderly father, which I guess if none of your friends know you're married, you have to ask your elderly father to help you move all your stuff. Oh my goodness, that was ridiculous. And I knew that day, I knew Amy was coming, she had told me, but I did not know my mom was coming, and she showed up at the door. I love your mom. I and love your mom so much. I was like, okay, you two, we just need to be civil and get through this. No drama. You You're were, here to support me. You were, we're, so, just- you were so stressed
1: out because of uh, my mouth. <laughs> and 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 your mom and I were like, two of the three stooges watching his dad
0: and you
1: know cheater mccheaterson moving stuff
0: out yeah and he couldn't even look me in the eye and the look on his face when i opened the door was priceless though because he saw amy and my mom sitting there the and look, then the he shock started was yeah. fabulous
1: i should have had my baseball bat
0: then he started <laughs> moving things out through the garage like he stopped having to walk past them and go out the door because he was so uncomfortable but that day was horrible for me. Like, he would not look me in the eye. No, of course not. <laughs> and at one point, I went to grab the door because his dad was coming downstairs with a handful of things. And he had my wedding dress. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the, the, my dress. I don't know what I'm going to do with my dress yet. I don't know. And he was like, well, you said just to grab everything. So I was grabbing everything in that closet. And I was really frazzled. She, you like froze. You were like, I don't... And you just looked
1: over with this look of panic in your face. And I was like, I'll take that. <laughs> and I just went and put it in my car. <laughs> yeah,
0: what happened on your way back
1: in from the car? Oh, well, the elderly father was sitting on the corner of the U-Haul. And I said, you know, he's been living a double life for four years. Like this, I was worried that he would... That um, Cheater McCheaterson would try and lie it off, right? Which you and I both know he did. Mm-hmm. He told a lie. And um, I think I wanted his dad to know that it has been a four-year-long lie. It's not, you know, it wasn't just a... This is my girlfriend now.
0: I made a mistake and had an affair. Yeah, I had an affair. And he seemed pretty surprised. Yeah. He was like, what?
1: (laughs) He just kind of looked at me and it was like, four years.
0: I did put my four fingers up and I'm like, four. (laughs) Also, I feel like we need to tell this story about the day. So I was not really a cat person before I met the (laughs) bastard, but we ended up having cats. And three three cats yes well where I was moving to I could only take two and so I decided to give Pez (laughs) to him and this wasn't the reason I decided to but he had told the hoe that Pez died even though it was Cinnamon our other cat who died but he couldn't tell her that because then he wouldn't have a reason for her not to come over where he lived because remember Cinnamon had the aversion to people and she would die Mm -hmm. if anyone else saw her And after I found that out, I said to Pez, the bastard told his hoe you were dead. That was not very nice, was it? (laughs) And I'm so sorry, but you have to go live with him.
1: It was so, like, I'm so sorry. I'm... you That wasn't very nice, now was it? It it was so funny the way you did that. And your mom and I just cracked up. We were both like,
0: good. And I was afraid he was going to try to call her a different name. So I made this little bag for her to put her things in. (laughs) And I got these pink sparkly letters that said Pez. And put them on the bag with her things so she could make sure they knew her name.
1: Yeah, I don't think that... Faticus is a cat person either. I don't
0: That's know. That's just
1: my suspicion. Yeah.
0: I know when we were talking about this episode, you wanted to share a mom quote from that Oh my day. gosh,
1: your mom, she was cracking me up. So <laughs> uh, Cheater McCheaterson and his elderly father were <laughs> moving this big cabinet or something down the stairs. And they couldn't figure out how to like, maneuver it and We we were absolutely adamant that we were not going to help them. They had to struggle through it together We were not going to help I had already bagged up all of this stuff in stinky trash bags He I was not doing I was not lifting another finger for them I the our sole purpose in being there was to be there for Janice so that she could be with You know, she knew that she had people who were supportive of her. And they're moving this thing down the stairs, and Jana's mom looks at me, and she goes, if he fell down the stairs, I wouldn't call 911. And I looked at her, and I said, yeah, they'd be like, why didn't you call 911? He's dead. And and we'd both be like, we don't care. <laughs> don't care, though, she said. Don't care. Yes.
0: Which I shared another mom quote in the episode before this, and that is not like her. She's, but she and Amy and a lot of my family really had anger for me for what I was experiencing, and I think carried that for me. I just remember being really numb and broken, and my family were the ones that were my advocates, and we've had many discussions about revengeful things that we had and then we would call my sister because she's the reasonable one and in the end I decided I need to focus on myself and my healing I don't want to put my energy into revengeful things because then it's still about him and not about me
1: right and I think that's something too is that I mean I I don't know how many times I was like let's ride past Vaticus's house. And and you're like, no, I don't need to do that. And I'm like, I do. (laughs) And I, I, at the time, thought, I hope she has a ring because every time I drive by, I flip the middle finger to her because I couldn't, like, you know, take a baseball bat to her windows or anything. Um, And I am not a violent person, but I was so angry um, that that this happened to someone that I care about. And it, it Jana is the least angry person I have ever met. And I keep waiting for this anger to hit you. And you're like, well, sometimes I get angry. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> you, you, you don't get angry. Like I was furious when I found out, I was so mad. And um, I was like, let's go ram his car with my car, you know. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is that you have to do what's best for you. And what's best for you is not, you know, destroying his property. What's best for you is, you know, loading up all of this crap in stinky trash bags and moving on with your life. You're never going to get any answers from him. You're never going to get any response out of him because he's moved on. The, the, the game is up and he doesn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. It's over. He can't manipulate you. He has, wants nothing to do with you. Okay. The other thing that you forgot to mention and I'm going to bring up is the conversation that you had with Vaticus. In which she asked you uh, what your plan was. Um, she asked Jana what her plan was um, in regards to the bastard. And Jana uttered the most amazing words I will ever hear from her mouth. And as long as I live, They will always make me laugh and smile every time I remember them is she said, well, it's over. I have more self-respect than that. And I will never forget that as long as I live. And that made me so happy. I was because I was really worried about you. And you're having Mm -hmm. this conversation and finding out all these lies. And you were, I mean, what a hot mess. You were trying desperately to keep it together. And we find out that Faticus told, told him that she wasn't gonna tell him he couldn't come home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, you just shot me this look like, what in the world? Why would you do that? And then why he, would
0: you even be considering still yeah, being with him after all of this as well?
1: And it, you just looked at me like, what the heck? And you're like, I have more self-respect than that and I just thought that was the greatest thing you have ever said and I just it makes me happy every time I think about it
0: I've shared a little bit in other episodes how I can be so indecisive but with this I just knew like oh, that yeah. night I knew the next day I knew like I didn't question yeah oh wait should I try to get in touch with him and try to work this out it was just no, no you know. I, I deserve better than this
1: well and as it it's kind of a joke between us like where do you want to go to eat you have to decide Jana I'm making you make decision <laughs> And, um, on the way up when my husband and I were in the car on our way up and I said to him, he said to me, well, what do you think she's going to do? And I'm like, well, she better leave him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you can't stay with someone who's cheated on you ever. Like that is a line you cannot cross when you make a commitment to someone. And he was like, I hope she's going to leave him. I hope he you know is not allowed to ever set foot in her house again and um on the way back home that night he was like that's good I'm I'm glad she she knows that she's way out of his league (laughs) and she is just so you
0: know oh my goodness (laughs) (sighs) well I wanted towards the end here I wrote this letter to Amy a letter poem kind of thing Probably a couple months after as an expression of how I feel about her as a friend. And I'd like to read it or try to read it. I've never gotten through it without crying. Oh, no. But I'm going to give it a whirl. And she says every time she reads it, too, she cries. So this should be great. Okay. So it's titled Best Friend. One who is there at a moment's notice when your world comes crashing down. They remove your guns and make sure you have F-U-N fun. Your ride-or-die friend who drives by Fatticus's house just because you feel the need and drives by the bastard's condo because you don't know what to believe. The day following the epochal event, they arrive with trash bags to help you pack up Cheater McCheaters and stuff, sorting through, which was so hard for me to do. She brings chocolate and makes sure you eat, even when you feel like you can't stand on your feet. She listens to the rambling as I try to work through the fog and shock of this apocalypse event all in a non-judgmental way she carries the rage that you don't have the space for at that time because all you feel is brokenness heartbreak and pain she listens to your conversation with vaticus and cheers you on when you claim i have more self-respect and deserve better than him when talking <laughs> it still
1: makes me happy when you say it <laughs>
0: When talking to the bastard for the first time about the divorce process, she signals a cutoff when you head down an emotional path and the bitch baby starts crying. (laughs) Forgot about that. (laughs) When you want to crawl in a hole, she makes sure you get out of the house. She takes you to an unknown destination to see lights and visit Krampus. She invites you to be part of her family's gathering on Christmas Eve. They welcome you in with love and it is where new traditions begin. There are even gifts, a book to ask for more, a wallet for all the money I deserve from the bastard, <laughs> and champagne to celebrate when my divorce is final. We go to church where I am reminded that Jesus is the wonderful counselor and prince of peace and sing hymns that bring comfort. Words cannot express what it meant to have her presence and not to be alone in the fog of life turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is part of the to remind me that I am loved and cared for in the midst of betrayal. To remind me I have friends and family as support. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't have to pause this. Sorry. And I do my, lur- my nervous laugh when I'm crying and trying not to cry. Okay. To tell me I can get through this darkness and pain even when all I see is darkness and pain. To remind me there will be one day be light, healing, and peace to remind me that I have the strength to carry on. I truly believe a best friend like this is a rare gem and I'm extremely grateful for her compassion and walking alongside me in this journey. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. You make me cry every time. that's
1: That's the best we've gotten
0: through it. Yeah. Do you think we'll be able, do you wanna share lessons learned now? anything definitely
1: stay definitely find make friends stay someone needs to stay for the first 48 hours bare minimum um making sure that you are getting sleep that you are eating that you are not alone those first that first week you were in such shock and it was the holidays. I mean, that was just ridiculous. And I think um, it's important that you get out of the house. You need to understand that there's a whole wide world out there ready for you. Mm-hmm. And while this major devastating event has happened, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your life. It's not. It's a change in your life. Mm-hmm. But it is not the end. And... um we'll move on to bigger and better things out there, but you're not, you can't hole up. You know, I, 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 it's a fine line, I think, you know, to heal, to have healing space, but at the same time not hole up and be um, stuck there. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I know it was a comfort for me just to have your presence there I think a lot of times think they need to know, like, the perfect thing to say or they need to fix it for their friends. But I think it's such a gift to be able to just sit with someone in their pain and um, it was just a comfort to have you there. It
1: was my pleasure to be there for you. I'm your friend. That's what we're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) And you needed that. You had to have someone with you. You couldn't do that by yourself. You couldn't talk to the bastard by yourself or... Faticus, No way. You could not, I would never have allowed that to be, you to be alone for that.
0: Any other lessons learned?
1: Your job is not to fix their pain. Your job is to help them walk through that pain. And I think that's just the most important wisdom we can give Mm -hmm. is that just walk through it with them. Um, just when we were talking about some of this stuff and going revisiting those first few weeks, I got angry all over again (laughs) because it brought it all back because I was there for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't alone. So, and
0: I think that's, that's really important. Okay. I have a couple quotes. One is make sure you don't start seeing yourself through the eyes of those who don't value you. Know your worth, even if they don't. Good friends help you find important things when you have lost them. Your smile, your hope, and your courage. That is Doe Mata. There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. This is Thomas Aquinas. So... It made
1: me cry yeah. when I read
0: those. Now we're just becoming <laughs> sobbing messes. So probably a good time to wrap it up. But Amy, thank you so much for joining me and Thanks sharing for me. this. And I hope it's helpful for people that have Friends who are going through difficult situations. Important to lift them up. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. All those things you do when you love a podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Jana Voice Now. Twitter at Jana Voice Now and Facebook, The Voice Now Heard.